Improving Cardiac Surgery Outcomes by Using an Interdisciplinary Clinical Pathway by Harches and others. Abstract. A Cardiothoracic Intensive Care Unit, CTICU, team evaluated preoperative and postoperative processes to improve outcomes for cardiac surgery patients. The primary aim of this project was to streamline and improve care in the CTICU by implementing a new clinical pathway for patients undergoing coronary artery bypass graft or valve replacement procedures. We analyzed processes, communication, ventilator days, respiratory complications, patient mobility, presence of invasive catheters and lines, CTICU length of stay, and hospital-adjusted length of stay before and after we implemented the clinical pathway. This article outlines the methods we use to plan, implement, and assess the clinical pathway. Implementation of the clinical pathway successfully streamlined care, reduced variations in care, and improved healthcare quality and resource use. Mechanical ventilation has been associated with numerous untoward patient outcomes, such as ventilator-associated pneumonia, VAP, electrolyte imbalances, and global muscle deconditioning. A study of intensive care units in the United Kingdom showed a 6.5% increase in mortality rates for patients requiring mechanical ventilation for 21 days or more. Prolonged immobility and bed rest for intensive care unit patients has been associated with many negative outcomes, including an increased risk for thrombosis, physical weakness, functional decline, and higher mortality rates. Fan and others describe declines in patient muscle strength of 3 to 11% with each day of bed rest for acute lung injury survivors at 24 months post-discharge. An interdisciplinary workgroup of surgeons and the Nursing Administrative Team in Cardiothoracic Intensive Care Unit, CTICU, in a veterans' health system in the southeastern United States, undertook a quality improvement, QI, project to evaluate, streamline, and implement evidence-based practices in a clinical pathway to improve outcomes for cardiac surgery patients. The Clinical Pathway Improvement Project, CPIP, team, evaluated the processes and outcomes for cardiac surgery patients during a two-year period. Statement of Goals An initial assessment identified variations among physician care practices and orders for patients undergoing coronary artery bypass graft, CABG, and valve replacement procedures. The goals of this QI project were two. Identify processes for improving outcomes for cardiac surgery patients. Create a clinical pathway to improve patient care and assess patient outcomes after implementation of the clinical pathway. Project methods. Before beginning the QI project, we obtained approval from the University of Florida Institutional Review Board and the Veterans Administration Research and Development Committee. Continuous QI methodologies are used in evidence-based guides for nursing. The Institute for Healthcare Improvement provides a comprehensive online tutorial for those conducting a QI project. Most continuous QI methods 
employ four main strategies or steps. Identifying all key stakeholders. Completing a needs assessment. Developing an action plan and outcome measures, goals, objectives. And implementing the plan and revising the plan as necessary. Our team identified several opportunities to improve care for cardiac surgery patients, including processes that occur while the patient is in the surgery clinic, during the pre-anesthesia visit, on the day of surgery, throughout inpatient hospitalization, and at discharge. For our project, we used Lean and Six Sigma concepts to streamline preoperative and postoperative processes. Lean and Six Sigma techniques were derived from business models whose focus was to optimize satisfaction and eliminate waste, workarounds, and redundancy. Identifying Key Stakeholders After the initial administrative review, we formed the CPIP interdisciplinary team to further evaluate the postoperative outcome trends and provider practices for cardiac surgery patients. The team comprised RNs, cardiothoracic surgeons, physician assistants, pharmacists, respiratory therapists, physical therapists, clinical dietitians, healthcare technicians, nurse managers, a chief nurse of surgery, a clinical psychologist, clinical nurse educators, CNEs, and the CTICU clinical nurse leader, CNL. The CPIP team first met to discuss which outcomes needed improvement and to develop an action plan to improve those outcomes. During the initial meeting, the team discovered that preoperative processes also varied significantly, which could affect the patient postoperatively. A second interdisciplinary team was formed to streamline preoperative processes, education, and care. Several members of the original CPIP team, as well as the pre-anesthesia clinic, surgery clinic, and clinical informatics staff members, were included on the second team. Completing a Needs Assessment The two teams performed the preoperative and postoperative needs assessments simultaneously. The preoperative team met to discuss the course that each patient took for the surgical preoperative visit. During these meetings, it became evident that because of the processes in place, many services were likely being repeated unnecessarily. The CTICU, CNL, ultimately followed a few patients through their preoperative appointments and then devised a document to track patient visits and the individual steps taken by each patient. Later, the stakeholders met to discuss the findings. The preoperative team evaluated the entire process to determine the value of each step that was taken, eliminate redundancy, and create a streamlined pathway for all patients to follow. The postoperative team collected CTICU data on postoperative ventilation hours, ventilator-associated events, patient ambulation, timely removal of invasive catheters and lines, and length of stay, LOS. They reviewed dates of transfer to a step-down unit and discharges from the CTICU or step-down units and tracked any prolonged admissions from the emergency department or the OR. In addition, the postoperative CPIP team looked at communication among the clinicians and staff members by observing the surgery team in postoperative huddles and twice daily rounds. 
They also reviewed daily goal sheets that the surgery team completed for each patient that were meant to help facilitate communication. Our initial assessment of clinical practices revealed that physician orders for the extubation and removal of invasive monitoring lines, that is, left arterial catheters and pulmonary artery catheters, and the discontinuation of vasoactive infusions occurred any time from one to three days after surgery. Physicians did not write orders for mobility until staff members completed the orders for extubation. In addition, many CTICU patients had a longer-than-necessary CTICU and hospital LOS. Patients averaged eight days in the CTICU and 35 days in the hospital, which increased risk of complications related to mechanical ventilation and immobility. Furthermore, patients were often discharged home directly from the CTICU or step-down unit versus being transferred to a medical surgical floor before discharge. This affected the patient's abilities to adequately rehabilitate because they were maintained in a restrictive environment with staff members who were not familiar with the rehabilitation aspects of postoperative cardiac surgery care. This practice also resulted in the reduced availability of intensive care beds for the emergency department and OR admissions, potentially affecting access to care for other patients admitted to the hospital. Developing an Action Plan and Objectives Rapid recovery practices, enhanced recovery after surgery, and clinical pathways have been used to standardize care and improve patient outcomes. Pathways are structured care plans with specific daily goals of care for a cohort of patients. Integrated care pathways date back to the early 1980s and in 2003, were reportedly used in 80% of hospitals in the United States. However, they fell out of favor during the past decade with a push to individualize patient care. Clinical pathways, in the form of enhanced recovery bundles, have led to a reduction of in-hospital complications, decreased mechanical ventilation hours, and reduced hospital costs and LOS. In addition, Clinical pathways have been shown to help bring evidence-based care into clinical practice. Our team was familiar with clinical pathways. Thus, we chose this process for implementing our QI plan. After two to three months, during which the CPIP team performed literature searches, collected data, and attended meetings, the team agreed to create a six-day CABG and valve replacement surgery clinical pathway. The objectives of this clinical pathway were to streamline preoperative and postoperative processes, improve effective communication among team members, ensure early postoperative extubation, maintain a low incidence of respiratory complications, facilitate early ambulation, promote the timely removal of invasive catheters and lines, and discontinuation of vasoactive infusions expedite the transfer of patients to a step-down unit, and safely reduce CTICU and adjusted hospital LOS without a negative effect in postoperative patient disposition. Implementing the plan and revising as necessary. 
appropriate preoperative clinic staff members, CNEs, nurse managers, CNLs, and nurse champions, assisted in educating all nursing staff members, physicians, and physician assistants who were involved in the care of our target patient population. To address our objective of streamlining the preoperative and postoperative process for patients undergoing CABG and valve replacement surgery, our clinical pathway clarified the role of every staff member involved in those processes, determined which aspects of care were being provided, and noted services that were being duplicated. We sent high-risk patients for pre-anesthesia evaluation and clearance well ahead of surgery. If diagnostic testing was completed in the 30 days before surgery, it was not repeated in the pre-anesthesia clinic. Staff members provided patients with chlorhexidine scrub in the surgery clinic so that it could be used preoperatively. The preoperative CPIP team revised the patient education resources and created two videos that discussed each aspect of postoperative care. The videos were shown to patients preoperatively to prepare them for what to expect after surgery and shown again postoperatively to patients and their families. We ensured that all required surgery documents and anesthesia clearance documents were complete and present on the day of surgery. Physicians placed newly revised preoperative orders on the day of surgery to avoid delays in bringing the patient to the OR. The clinical informatics department team members helped develop electronic order sets and care notes that correlated with the clinical pathway. The CNL developed a pathway worksheet that highlighted the daily milestones for each patient to achieve. The worksheet was kept at the patient's bedside and helped to ensure that orders were in place as the patient progressed through the clinical pathway. Any variances to the pathway were documented and reviewed on a weekly basis to evaluate the etiology, that is, patient-provider-nurse, of the variance and to determine whether re-education of the team or changes to the pathway were needed. As outlined in the pathway, when the patient arrived in the CTICU from the OR, the RN circulator and interprofessional team, that is, surgeon, anesthesiologist, intensivist, physician assistant or nurse practitioner, respiratory therapy, CTICU RN, CNL CNE, charge nurse, met at the bedside to complete the clinical pathway order set and discuss the details of the surgical procedure. The OR team reported the patient's baseline immobility and any variances that occurred during surgery, such as difficult intubation, excessive blood loss, difficulty coming off cardiopulmonary bypass, arrhythmias, and hemodynamic instability. The CTICU nurse documented the variances at the patient's bedside to improve communication among the team members. If there were significant concerns about the patient during surgery, or if the patient required an intra-aortic balloon pump, the team would decide whether the six-day clinical pathway should be ordered for that patient. Otherwise, the pathway was initiated for all patients, and notations were made in the chart during each shift and on the worksheet as the patient progressed. The CTICU bedside nurse or charge nurse recorded the date and time patients were extubated and the date and time they were mobilized out of bed, OOB, on the pathway worksheet and in the medical record. They also recorded the date and time that invasive catheters and lines were removed and when vasoconstriction infusions were discontinued. The CNL reviewed the worksheets each day 
and discuss the plan of care and variances with the entire team. In addition, the cardiothoracic team rounded on all cardiac surgery patients twice daily, in the morning and in the afternoon. The charged nurse recorded the dates that patients were transferred to another unit and discharged from the hospital. Changes to the pathway during the evaluation period included adjustment and clarification of the electronic order set. The team also decided that patients who had an intraoperative arrest required an intraaortic balloon pump or experienced other significant intraoperative change of course would no longer be subject to the clinical pathway order set. Furthermore, there were patients who were not mobilized OOB because their nurses were concerned that they were not hemodynamically stable enough to do so. For those patients, a physical therapist provided mobilization in bed with a full chair position or tilt table. Statistical analysis. To determine the effectiveness of the practice changes outlined in the clinical pathway, the CPIP team analyzed the outcomes data using descriptive statistics. The team invited a nurse researcher and biostatistician to the CPIP team to perform a statistical analysis of the clinical improvement project. The outcomes from two groups of patients were evaluated and compared for two years before implementation and for two years after implementation of the CABG and valve replacement clinical pathway. We reviewed the information from the 887 patients who were available for the analysis. A total of 802 patients, 90%, met inclusion criteria. We attempted to include the first 50 patients in each cohort in our analysis. However, three patients in the pre-implementation group were excluded because of missing variables. Therefore, 47 patients from the pre-implementation cohort and 50 patients from the post-implementation cohort were included in the final analysis, which yielded an effect size of 0.8. The following patient distribution by cohort was described. 70% underwent CABG surgery, 11% underwent valve replacement surgery, and 18% were listed as other. Overall, most patients were male, 96%, and Caucasian, 72%, between the ages of 56 to 65 years, 44%, and had more than 10 comorbidities, 88%. Descriptive statistics were used to describe and compare the sample characteristics. All categorical data were analyzed using chi-square or Fisher exact tests, in the case of data sparseness. Ordinal data were analyzed using Wilcoxon rank sum tests. Significance was set at probability value is less than 0.05. We used SAS version 9.4 for all analyses. Results. We evaluated the completion and effectiveness of the objectives that we crafted during the planning stages using several methods. Some of the outcomes were measured using descriptive statistics and others using qualitative methods. The demographic information and comorbidities of the patients in each cohort for the statistical analysis are summarized in Table 1. In brief, the patients in the post-implementation cohort had significantly more comorbidities than those in the pre-implementation cohort. To streamline preoperative and postoperative processes, 
we reduced repeat laboratory testing that was previously being performed during the surgery clinic visit, later in the pre-anesthesia clinic, and on the day of surgery. We also created an electronic order set that organizes and facilitates the day of surgery activities. Our objective to improve effective communication among team members was successfully met as evidenced by positive comments and feedback from personnel in all disciplines involved in the pathway and by the CTICU staff members. These processes included daily interdisciplinary bedside rounding, bedside huddles immediately upon the patient's arrival from the OR to discuss OR variances, and twice daily variance reviews at the bedside thereafter. As patient outcomes improved, team members also shared successes with weekly charts and graphs and during monthly staff meetings. Effective preoperative and postoperative communication among team members occurred at least twice daily. Most patients, 70%, in the pre-implementation cohort did not meet our objective of extubation within four to six hours after admission to the CTICU, whereas 68% of post-implementation patients met the extubation objective. This represents a significant difference in postoperative early extubation success. There was also a significant difference in the number of hours that patients in each cohort were on a ventilator before extubation. The median pre-implementation ventilation time was 13 to 24 hours, and the maximum was more than six days, compared to a median post-implementation ventilation time of six hours or less, and a maximum post-implementation ventilation time of 24 hours. Ventilator-associated pneumonia incidence was low before the pathway was implemented, and the CPIP team wanted to verify that the rates of VAP did not increase during the pathway project. This objective was met with no reports of VAP during the 23 months of the project period. Our clinical pathway successfully facilitated the early mobilization of patients. There were significant differences in mobilization time between the pre-implementation and post-implementation cohorts. Before implementation of the clinical pathway, only 2% of patients were mobilized OOB within 24 hours of surgery because most patients were intubated or had invasive monitoring catheters or lines. The percentage of post-implementation patients who were mobilized OOB within 24 hours rose to 58%. Not only did the occurrence of mobilizing patients increase, but also, it occurred 9% of the time within two hours of extubation. Evaluation of post-implementation patients who were mobilized to OB with invasive lines showed no significant complications occurred as a result. For example, bleeding, partially retained catheters leading to embolization or infection, thrombosis formation with a prosthetic aortic or mitral valve, cardiac tamponade, impingement on the prosthetic valve, death. There was also a decrease in the number of invasive catheters and lines present in patients on admission to the CTICU between the pre-implementation and post-implementation cohorts. However, the objective was not met because invasive catheters and lines still remained in 80% of patients three days after surgery. Despite the presence of lines, patients were mobilized to OB with the lines in place as part of the clinical pathway. Before implementation of the clinical pathway, 
the median time needed to write orders for patients to be transferred out of the CTICU was four days after surgery, 30%. The latest that transfer orders were written for pre-implementation patients was more than 10 days after surgery, 7%. In comparison, the median post-implementation transfer orders were written two days after surgery, 36%, and the maximum was eight days, 2%. There was a significant improvement between the pre-implementation and post-implementation cohorts regarding the timing of transfer orders written for patients to be moved to the step-down unit, that is, written an average of two days sooner. Patient LOS significantly improved after implementation of the clinical pathway. The CTICU LOS was reduced between the pre-implementation to post-implementation groups. Cardiothoracic Intensive Care Unit LOS was reported daily until day 10, and then reported as greater than 10 days. The median pre-implementation CTICU LOS was four days, 23%, and the maximum CTICU LOS was greater than 10 days, 9%. In contrast, the median post-implementation CTICU LOS was two days, 32%, and the maximum post-implementation CTICU LOS was eight days, 2%. Hospital-Adjusted Length of Stay, ALOS, which included all days in the hospital, including the CTICU, was reported daily until day 15, then in ranges of five days until day 35, when a value of greater than 35 days was reported. The hospital ALOS difference between pre-implementation and post-implementation cohorts was also significant. The median pre-implementation hospital ALOS was seven days, 17%, and the maximum was more than 35 days, 2%, compared to the median hospital ALOS of 6 days, 24%, and the maximum hospital ALOS of 20 days, 6%, post-implementation. The analysis showed no difference in patient disposition, that is, home, skilled nursing facility, death, from before and after implementation of the pathway. Discussion The clinical pathway provided staff members with a streamlined approach to patient care and acted as a roadmap for consistency. At the onset of the project, most of the nurses were not experienced with the use of clinical pathways. The surgeons, physician assistants, the CNL, and the CNE provided significant education, support, and encouragement to the nurses, respiratory therapists, and physical therapists regarding the decision-making process about earlier extubation of patients, post-extubation monitoring, and physical assistance mobilizing patients with invasive lines, OOB, using multiple staff members. These were major areas of staff member concern. Reviewing the scientific evidence for any contraindications or potential risks associated with early extubation and mobility with invasive monitoring was important for staff member buy-in. Frequent monitoring of patients and role modeling by the CNL and CNE at the bedside team meetings and during rounds also improved staff member compliance. The clinical pathway allowed us to implement significant changes in practice that achieved our objectives without causing any negative changes regarding a patient's course upon discharge.
This was achieved despite the post-implementation group having a higher number of comorbidities and a decreased CTICU LOS and hospital ALOS. Although cost was not measured directly and was not one of the main objectives of the project, it is interesting to note that a decrease in CTICU LOS, average two days, and hospital ALOS, up to 15 days, when extrapolated to average cost per bed per day, resulted in healthcare cost savings of more than $500,000 during the first six months after implementation of the clinical pathway. This represents an important factor for future study. Project limitations. The limitations of our analysis include a small sample size and a homogeneous population. In addition, determining the role and specific involvement of the interprofessional team in the care of these patients could prove important in the reported outcomes. However, those data were not recorded. Ideally, a prospective study should be performed in other facilities, with similar cohorts randomly assigned to a clinical pathway versus standard care without a clinical pathway. This would help ensure exact, daily documentation of variables and patient conditions, which can be difficult to discern from a retrospective review. Conclusion this QI project produced an immediate positive effect on the clinical outcomes of our cardiac surgery patients. Clinical pathways provide structured, efficient, evidence-based care that details important aspects of care for specific cohorts of patients. Our clinical pathway for patients undergoing CABG and valve replacement surgeries successfully streamlined care, reduced variations in care, and improved healthcare quality and resource use. The cardiac surgery clinical pathway remains as standard practice for CABG and valve replacement surgery patients in our institution. Our analysis showed significant improvements in patient outcomes despite the higher acuity of patients compromising the post-implementation cohort. All but one objective was met, that is, early removal of invasive lines. There were no changes in mortality or patient disposition, despite a shortened CTICU LOS and hospital LOS for patients before and after implementation of the new clinical pathway.